East Palestine, Ohio, right on the border with Pennsylvania. Governors DeWine and Shapiro signed off on the controlled burn, and they're trying to blame everything on Norfolk Southern. Folks, we have a massive show today. We are naming names and we are dropping receipts. We're going to get into all of this. So strap in. First, I want to remind you to sign up for the Poso Daily Brief. That's humanevents.com slash Poso, humanevents.com slash Poso. The Poso Daily Brief, it is your one-stop shop. You read what I read for show prep completely for free. Have it delivered straight to your email inbox. People are loving this thing. I've been told the conversion rate that we have, that's the open rate on it, is one of the highest that our email provider has seen in uh, in a long time, one of the highest that's out there right now. So I really appreciate to everybody um, and the fact that we are delivering value with the Postal Daily Brief, and it is completely free. As a reminder to you, it is completely free. So sign up today, the Postal Daily Brief, humanevents.com slash Pozo. Let's get into it. This is obviously a very serious situation. There's still very much unfolding. And I'm here today to provide an update on how this situation affects Pennsylvanians. The vinyl chloride contents of five rail cars are currently unstable and could potentially explode, resulting in deadly shrapnel and toxic fumes. As Governor DeWine and officials in Ohio just announced, to alleviate the risk of uncontrollable shrapnel, Norfolk Southern Railroad is planning a controlled release of the vinyl chloride at approximately 3.30 p.m. However, the controlled release of the toxic chemicals also has the potential to be deadly. Following new modeling information conducted this morning and discussed at length between myself, Governor DeWine, and our respective teams, I am strongly, strongly encouraging an evacuation in a one-mile by two-mile area surrounding East Palestine that includes parts of both Ohio and Pennsylvania. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is February 17th, 2023, Anno Domini. That's Governor Josh Shapiro, state of Pennsylvania, announcing, essentially, that he signed off on this controlled burn after the derailment disaster in East Palestine, Ohio. We also heard from Governor Mike DeWine. Now, to understand this, we should do a map break. So producers, map break right here. And I want to explain that East Palestine, Ohio is exactly on the border between Pennsylvania and Ohio. It essentially sits right between Youngstown, Ohio and Pittsburgh. Uh, I know Youngstown pretty well because my wife used to live there. And she's told me many, many stories about Youngstown. And she used to live there. She used to work there. One of the first places where she lived after she came into the country, uh, believe it or not. And so East Palestine and something that would affect the air and the water of East Palestine, of course, is going to affect everyone in that area. East Palestine that part of Eastern Ohio and that part of Western Pennsylvania. So you heard him there pretending to puff his chest up, act like he's tough guy, the man in charge. You, you hear the same type of uh, technocratic babble from people like 
uh, Barack Obama, like Pete Buttigieg. Uh, Biden does it now. Biden didn't used to do it, but he does it now a lot. Conservatives do it as well, but a lot with the neoliberals, where one of the easiest ways to tell them, uh, Hillary Clinton does it now as well, of course, where they pretend that because they know the details of some process so well and so intently that they act as if that is the same thing as being a leader. And if that is the same thing as making decisive action and judging the importance of their actions and what's going to happen. Well, it turns out that Josh Pirro, governor, didn't actually care about the people of Western Pennsylvania the same way that it feels like Governor DeWine didn't care about the people of Eastern Ohio right on the border. And Governor Shapiro, believe it or not, he's now sent a new letter blasting, three-page letter, look at this thing, blasting uh, Buttigieg, blasting the train company, blaming them, blaming them, and to be sure, there's a lot of blame for them. But he's saying this, this had a significant impact on the residents, uh, they were not immediate. The Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection was not immediately contacted. The Pennsylvania Emergency Management Agency didn't, uh, you know, was not immediately contacted. Should have been occurred immediately. There should be identified. You failed to implement United Command. You you created confusion. You There was a general lack of awareness. Emergency management. The personnel was separated. There were forced lines. You gave inaccurate information about the impact of a controlled release. The plume, the flames, everything. Josh. Josh. I first met you 15 years ago. Let me tell you something. You were an idiot then, and you're an idiot now. There is a person who was supposed to take command in a situation like this. There is a person who's supposed to take charge and actually stand up for the people that are affected by this. But Josh, you didn't care because all you care about is running for president so I leaked that story to Politico last year. You think I don't know? You think I don't have these receipts? All you've cared about is running for your next office. And I said it last year, and I'm going to say it again. All you care about is becoming president, and you certainly don't care about the people of Western Pennsylvania because you know they're never going to vote for you. You know they're never going to donate to you because that's not where your donors are. You're not even running to represent them. So why should Josh Shapiro care if their air is poisoned, if their water is poisoned, if their soil is poisoned? You don't care. You don't care at all. But now it's come back on you. So you're trying to pretend, oh, I wasn't told and they lied. There was misinformation. There was <laughs> Josh. Josh. It's over. The first thing that derailed was this train, and we're going to get to the bottom of that. But the other sound you're hearing is the derailment of your entire career. Because, ladies and gentlemen, Josh Shapiro signed off on the worst disaster to hit Pennsylvania since Three Mile Island. And we are going to make sure that no one ever forgets. 
Look, folks, thanks to your support, Patriot Mobile has emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy, and they have big news. Patriot Mobile now offers service on all three major networks. This means if you're with the big three and you like the service, but you hate their issues, you can access them with Patriot Mobile. They offer a performance guarantee. If you are not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers totally for free. Patriot Mobile America's only Christian conservative wireless provider offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that fights to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. This new year, resolve to stop supporting companies that don't align with your values. Stop giving money to people who hate you. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash POSO and get free activation with promo code POSO. That's PatriotMobile.com slash POSO. Last week, in the immediate aftermath of the incursion by China's high-altitude balloon, our military, through the North American Aerospace Defense Command, so-called NOR NORAD, closely scrutinized uh, the, uh, our airspace, including enhancing our radar to pick up more slow-moving objects above our country, around the world. In doing so, they uh, tracked three unidentified objects one in Alaska, Canada, and over Lake Huron in the Midwest. They acted in accordance with established parameters for determining how to deal with unidentified aerial objects in U.S. airspace. At their recommendation, I gave the order to take down these three objects due to hazards to civilian commercial air traffic and because we could not rule out the surveillance risk of sensitive facilities. We acted in consultation with the Canadian government I spoke personally with Prime Minister Trudeau and Kant from Canada on Saturday. And just as critically, we acted out of an abundance of caution and an opportunity that allowed us to take down these, these objects safely. Our military and the Canadian military are seeking to recover the debris so we can learn more about these three objects. Our intelligence community is still assessing all three incidences. They're reporting to me daily and will continue their urgent efforts to do so, and I will communicate that to the Congress. We don't yet know exactly what these three objects were, but nothing, nothing right now suggests they were related to China's spy balloon program or that they were surveillance vehicles from other, any other country. You may remember President Biden pretending that he was fighting the aliens for, I don't know, about a week after he was cucked in 4K by the Chinese Communist Party in a massive spy balloon that flew over our nuclear silos. We all saw it. I was on TimCast that night. Can all go back. I had the shades on, but that I assure you, it was me. And uh, I said on the program that that, should, that thing should have been blown out of the sky the minute it crossed U.S. airspace. I stand by that. And of course, he didn't. He waited for it to continue its mission, leave U.S. soil, then they shot it out. After, after it completed its mission and the entire world saw it, folks, that's what it feels like to be owned. But then an interesting, how do you say occurrence came up next? And what happened next? What happened next was that suddenly there were UFOs everywhere. We were under attack. Was it an invasion? Was it the little green men? Was it Mars attacks come to life? If you build it. Oh, no, wait, that's the other one. We were doing Kevin Costner memes the other day. Sorry, I like them. But it turns out that all of these identified objects, which were ordered to be shot down 
by the U.S. Air Force, well, it turns out that they were not UFOs at all. And here on the show, we told you that. We told you that the president was lying. We told you that the military was lying. We told you that all of them were lying. There were some people, and I'm not going to name names, but there were some people, including those in conservative media, that went along with this and fell for Biden's UFO psyop. I feel bad for them. I do. Oh, no, wait. No, I don't. I don't feel bad for them at all. Well, it turns out now that a small globe-trotting balloon declared missing in action by an Illinois-based hobbyist club has emerged as a candidate to explain one of the three mystery objects shot down by four heat-seeking missiles launched by U.S. Air Force fighters since February 10th. This is from AviationWeek.com, and apparently the club, the Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade, is not quite pointing figures just yet, but the circumstantial evidence is at least intriguing. The club's silver-coated party-style Pico balloon reported its last position on February 10th at 38,910 feet off the west coast of Alaska in a popular forecasting cool. The high-split model provided by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration projected a cylindrically shaped object would be floating high over the central part of Yukon Territory on February 11th. A cylindrical object floating over Yukon Territory on the same day. We well, might remember that that's the exact same description that was given by the United States Air Force and the F-22s when they shot down a, quote, unidentified object. Remember Trudeau and all of this, Trudeau's tweet, the Prime, the, uh, Prime Minister of Canada, I have ordered, oh, excuse me, no, that's, that's not Trudeau, he's trying to do that, he's, I've ordered the... The, the fighters to shoot down this unidentified object immediately the second it appeared on our sensors. It was a high school weather balloon. It was a bunch of high school kids set up a weather balloon to see if they could fly across the, the planet, across the whole world, circumnavigation, like Magellan. And they did. And it was amazing. And they would have made it if not for the fact that the U.S. government needed a scapegoat after they had been cucked by China, the Chinese Communist Party, it means emasculated by another man, by the way, for those of you who aren't familiar with the term. He blew up a high school weather balloon with U.S. Air Force fighters. One of the missiles even missed. Where did that go? Who did that hit? I hope it wasn't pointed at East Palestine, Ohio because we still don't actually know what caused the derailment there. That one's for you guys at Media Matters. That's a free one. I know you got interns on this week. Folks, this is bad. I remember when President Obama invited Ahmed the clock boy to the White House. Your government just did this. They ordered the US Air Force to shoot down high school weather balloons and pretended they were fighting aliens. Hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars of equipment. If they're willing to lie about that, what else are they lying about? You know, a lot of people complain about the state of our country and the way woke corporations treat us and their employees. But it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you spend your money. In less than a year, Public Square has grown to be the largest patriotic 
platform of freedom-loving businesses that the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never cancel you for your political views, Public Square is your guide. There's also an interactive, sensor-free community group where you can connect with other local members or just people you want to talk to. Here is the best part. It's absolutely free to join. Just go to publicsquare.com. That's publicsq.com. Download your app today. Just create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can support you. Look, we can't always change the word, but we absolutely can vote with our dollars. Begin your search today at publicsquare.com. That's publicsq.com. U.S. Democratic Senator John Fetterman checked himself into a hospital on Thursday seeking treatment for severe clinical depression. That's according to a statement by his office that said the 53-year-old Pennsylvania lawmaker who flipped a Republican-held seat in last November's elections just six months after suffering a stroke was at Walter Reed Medical Center after the attending physician for Congress evaluated him earlier this week and recommended inpatient care. Fetterman's chief of staff wrote, quote, while John has experienced depression off and on throughout his life, it only became severe in recent weeks, adding, quote, after examining John, the doctors at Walter Reed told us that John is getting the care he needs and will soon be back to himself. So what is there to say? What is there really to say about Senator John Fetterman? We talked earlier about Josh Shapiro. I think it says a lot about us as a people. It says a lot about where we are as a country that here's a guy who had clear medical issues. He ran. Cernovich had an interesting take. He said, uh, he said, I think Fetterman ran because he thought he was doing something good for the country and he pushed himself through it rather than backing out. Of course, now Fetterman has put himself into Walter Reed, because apparently he now has doubts and depression over the fact that he realizes deep down that he should have dropped out when he had the chance. Remember, he had a stroke before the primary in 2022. He could have easily dropped out back then and focused on his health, but he didn't. And he got in over his head. And the thing is, we're seeing the reports on him. He hears voices like the teacher in Peanuts. And what are we to make of this? Because as a man, I feel terrible for this. Same way we feel terrible for the news from Bruce Willis that dropped yesterday. He got his full diagnosis. Frontotemporal dementia. Six to eight year life expectancy. That's it. Bruce Willis is done. And cognitively, Bruce Willis is not going to be there much longer. It is what it is. But with Fetterman, here's the difference. Well, you can say you have compassion for the man, and we do, certainly. He also pledged to represent the people of Pennsylvania in the United States Senate for six years. We, we just had this massive situation in East Palestine. And we have no senator. There's no senator. Our state has no senator there to actually do anything about it. Why? We're supposed to have two. Every state's supposed to have two. But ours is in Walter Reed. Checked himself in. And so this is an issue. This is a massive issue. 
this is why we have laws on the books and regulations on the books for what to do when someone is, and it's, it's called not fit to serve. And he knows deep down that that's what's going on right now. He's not able to live up to the task. And I don't think that he asked for this. I don't think he wanted this. Nobody does, certainly. But now it's time to do the right thing. Do the right thing for yourself, for your family, for your health, and for the people of Pennsylvania. Senator Fetterman, the people of Pennsylvania deserve a full-time senator. Not a part-time senator. Not someone who isn't going to be there when there's a massive train derailment and people are concerned because they're not getting straight answers from their government about controlled burns, about chemicals in the air, about chemicals in the water. What's going to happen to these people? What's going to happen to these families? What's going to happen to these schools, these houses, these hospitals, these senior citizens out there in Western Pennsylvania? Who's representing them right now, Senator? Because it's not you. It isn't. All those union workers that you went out to, that you spoke with, that you said you're going to fight for, you're not fighting for them. Nobody is. Nobody's representing them. Nobody's representing anyone in Pennsylvania. As the environment is being destroyed by chemical explosions that were signed off by our own governor. And I say this as a son of Pennsylvania, proud son of Pennsylvania. I love Pennsylvania. I will never stop loving Pennsylvania. But sometimes love comes with hard truths. We need real senators. We need real representation. And we don't have it right now. My family, they don't have representation. They don't have anybody fighting for them. And what does it say about us as a country? that we knew we would be in this situation, yet we let it happen anyway. We've been talking this week about the collapse of complex systems, and I simply have to say, this is another system, our political system is on the verge of collapse. We're seeing the collapse before our eyes. It's like we're watching the Roman Empire fall, but we have Wi-Fi and memes this time. Great, congratulations. And as to Mrs. Fetterman, do the right thing. You know what's best for yourself. You know what's best for your family. Put your family first. I mean that sincerely. If I were in a situation like that, I would do the exact same. I'd step away from all this stuff and I'd go be with my family. We'd have a guest host in here. My social media stuff would go silent. It is what it is. It will happen to all of us one day, one way or the other. And I'm going to say a prayer for you guys today. I'm going to say a prayer for the Fetterman family. I will. Folks, it's been a huge week, a lot of news, but I want to remind you that this weekend, I did announce this on social media, but I want to say it here on the show as well, that we have an incredible Sunday special lined up for you. We've got Heather McDonald. Yes, that's right from the Manhattan Institute is going to be joining us. It's pre-taped a one hour discussion where we get into all of these questions that we've been talking about this week. 
And I think one of the more salient issues that's going on in our society, when we look at South Africa, we see a society that put diversity and equality and inclusion, critical race theory, right in their own constitution. They are 20 years ahead of us. So my question and the title of this special, it's going to drop 10 a.m. Eastern on, uh, on, on Twitter and Rumble, and then it's also going to be on Real America's Voice later in the evening on Sunday. Is diversity our greatest strength? Or should we bring back merit, skills-based employment and qualifications? We'll see. I'll see you then. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.